0: Something scary hiding in the back of your closet, your bathing suits and summer clothes thing you're pretty sure don't fit anymore. What if there was a way to get into summer shape in one visit? Here's Dr. Brian Strand for Sonobello to explain.
1: It really is quite remarkable. Sonobello doctors use a technology called microlaser fat removal, and the results are amazing. We customize your procedure to accomplish your goals. Just share with us the problem areas where you'd like the fat in inches removed
0: Sonobello.com slash save. That's sonobello.com slash save. Whether you need to restock the fridge or just have a sudden, intense craving for cheese puffs, Kroger Delivery will get you just what you need in as little as 30 minutes. From groceries to household items, Kroger delivers right to your door. So don't let one major craving have you reaching for your car keys. Open the Kroger app and start your cart, whatever the cart. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Delivery time's not guaranteed. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. All-hit radio!
3: Welcome to the X-Zone, My guest this hour is Chuck Stansberg. Uh, he is the State Section 12 Director for MUFON in Texas. He has over 22 years of UFO phenomena investigations under his belt. And we are so happy to have Chuck with us tonight. And uh, the two websites are very simple. The first one is www.mufon.com. And uh, Chuck's website for MUFON Texas is meetup.com forward slash Houston dash MUFON dash meetup dash group. And uh, Chuck Stansberg, welcome to the X-Zone. How are you tonight, Chuck?
2: Well, thank you for having me. I'm doing pretty good, and how are you doing this evening?
3: You know, any better, and I just couldn't take it. I I don't know. Today's just been a great day, and... uh, well, you know what? I get to talk to the greatest people in the world for four hours every day, and I've been doing this for 23 years, so I'm in a great mood tonight, Chuck. Uh, Good. Chuck, how, how, where did your interest in UFOs come from?
2: Uh, the, my interest really came from uh, the first one that I saw when I was in high school. I was a senior in high school, and uh, I was sitting in my car. I had an old 52 Buick, by mm-hmm. the way. Good car. And uh, Oh, yeah. Big car a tank. <laughs> Um, But I saw something coming up over the mountains Mm -hmm. uh, towards the west, and I thought, what in the world is that? It's not a satellite, because satellites go from east to west back then. Mm -hmm. They don't go from west to east. And it came up towards above me, and then all of a sudden made a 90-degree turn going north. And I thought, wait a minute, that's not a plane. Nope. And then all of a sudden, it just shot off towards the southeast real quick, like, Something scared it or shot at it or something, I don't know, but boy, it just took off. And I thought, wow, this is really something. Did I see what I thought I saw? So I started kind of st- looking at some of the magazines. Omni mm-hmm. magazine was a big one at the time. And uh, that's where I got a lot of interest uh, from reading some of this stuff. Um, some of those stories I, was, I-, I looked at in, in the Omni, I thought... <laughs> I don't know about these, (laughs) because some of them were really far out there. Uh, But uh, then I went to the service, uh, was in the Marine Corps, and uh, talked to a few people in Okinawa and also Nam and also Mm -hmm. um, a few other places. Cuba, I was even stationed down there, and uh, talking to some of the people about what they may have seen up in the skies and stuff. And some of the uh, over, overseas in in uh, like vietnam and around okinawa some of the pilots were coming back um, they said some of the fighter pilots i should say said yeah they've seen them but they were told not by their their seniors there in the in the in the camp but they were told from Washington D.C. you will not engage any ufo's of any kind all they're doing is watching just leave them alone
3: so it's almost as if the higher brass in, in Washington actually knew about these UFOs. And w- so does this mean that these UFOs back then meant no harm to this planet? They, they were of no security risk?
2: Uh, no, they weren't of, of any security risk. I think what they were doing is watching the war, you know, wow. to see what was going on and and uh, how things were going and, and whatsoever. I don't know. But I know they were following them and watching them, even just standing, or I should say hovering, and watching a certain area, I guess. This is what I was told by a few people that was down there. Chuck, where
3: do you think these UFOs are coming from?
2: you name it you you probably got it wow. there's there's all kinds of different uh galaxies out there not not only ours even though we have um, quite a few planets in this galaxy itself that are inhabited um, and there are some that are in the outer outer parts of our galaxy and other galaxies that uh, do make voyages here and there and uh we do have some that are here that live right here on Earth, and uh, some of the ones that are visiting us that are here now look just like you and me. And you'd never know it if you were sitting next to them, next to them in a restaurant or, you know, wherever in a bar or something like that. It, they would, you'd never know that they were there, that they were even alien. And I'm talking about the Pleiadians, wow. the Nordics. Uh, there's a couple others that that are humanoid just like us.
3: All right, Chuck, stand by. You and I have to take a two-minute commercial break. We'll be right back. Exo Nation, Chuck Stansberg is our special guest this hour. He is a state Section 12 director for MUFON, Texas. www.mufon.com is MUFON's main website. And uh, for Chuck, www.meetup.com forward slash Houston dash MUFON dash meetup dash group. We'll be back on the other side of this brief commercial break as we continue here in the Excellent with yours truly, Rob McConnell. Don't forget to sign our online uh, petition at www.stopebolapetition.com. I'll be back. Don't go away. nation uh, Chuck Stenberg is our special guest this hour. He's State Section Twelve Director for Mufon, Texas. And uh, first of all, Chuck, thanks very much for coming on the show with us tonight. It's always great to talk to the to anyone from Mufon because you guys give one hundred and fifty percent what you do, and uh, great job, by the way.
2: I'd say I'd say about two hundred
3: percent. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Bad Robbie, bad Robbie. All right, I'll go 250. Do I hear 275? Do I hear 275? There we go. Uh, Chuck, well, what is the best case that you yourself have investigated?
2: I actually got a couple of them. Uh, uh, One of them was an abduction case uh, up north of uh, Houston up there. Uh, Gentleman claims to have seen a craft that came close by, and he lives out almost in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the road that goes in front of his house, he's got a lot of property behind it. And he said he'd come over with the trees and then all of a sudden it hovered and he looked up and there was a real bright light come at him. And next thing he knew, it was like three or four o'clock in the morning. Um, but <laughs> it, it was really interesting to, to hear him talk about some of the things he might have seen or thought he did. And also the uh, mark that was on him, it was a triangle mark on his arm. And uh, he's has been there for about maybe 10 years. Wow. And uh, I says, have you been abducted uh, earlier in lifetime? And he goes, oh, he said, yeah, I think so. But he wasn't real sure. He, uh, this was a really interesting case. And uh, I can't really say too much about it, but um, it, it just kind of almost floored me a couple of times the way he talked about what was going on. Uh, the other case was a mutilation that we had in Port Lavaca, uh, Texas, and it was for Barbado sheep. Uh, the gentleman had been given about uh, 29 sheep, I think it was. And, and he added to it for himself, and he wound up with a full, total of 52 sheep. And they started uh, disappearing and being mutilated all of a sudden. And uh, he was thinking it might have been predators or something like that. But uh, some of the pictures I saw of what the sheriff's office took, they are not predators. Guarantee, you, predators do not know how to do surgery.
3: What kind of surgery?
2: Uh, the females, the uh, bottom part of the belly was cut like a big U, oh and gosh. and peeled back, and then the belly was pulled out, like laid down very carefully, and they took all the uh, the uh, reproductive organs, and that was it. Uh, the males, their also reproductive organs the uh, genital part was taken um these sheep as as cattle were cattle has had a i think it was about a two inch slice or an inch and a half slice uh, looked like in their neck area these also had the same thing and once you do that they can bleed out very quickly and there was very little blood anywhere at all, and uh, there was a total of 52 he lost, and uh, after we went down there, well, I found out about it by uh, somebody saying go to to the uh, e-section of the newspaper, and it's about the third page, go down about halfway on the right, so I checked this out real quick, and, and it was a little report from the sheriff's office down in Port Lavaca uh, that they have no clue of what's going on and they have no idea what's doing this because of the of the incisions or the the cuts you might say and uh, so I gave him a call and he he did well he was so overexcited when I called he said you guys want to come down here and investigate you guys you know <laughs> I mean he really got excited and I said, "Well, I says I just found out about it. I said I will give my state director and and our uh, chief investigators a call and, and see what they say." So he said, "Okay, I'll be looking forward to hearing from you." So I let them know, and uh, the next day I was supposed to have an interview with uh, a person in uh, down there uh, in Galveston on the on a UFO sighting. And just as I was getting ready, I got a phone call that says, let's go. We're going to Port Lavaca. Wow. Okay. You know, so I had to call this guy and say, sorry, mm-hmm. got something else going on right now. So headed out to Port Lavaca, and I got there before anybody else did. And I set everything up, uh, went out, to talked to the, to the uh, sheriff's office, went there first, talked to the sheriff, and then talked to the investigator that took uh, a lot of the calls. And... Uh, I asked if there are how many photos there are, and he said we got a bunch of them. Do you mind if I have a copy? He's no problem. They went ahead and cut me a a DVD off or a CD off with uh, all the photos, mm-hmm. and uh, also all the paperwork that when this guy called in about uh, somebody killing his sheep or mutilate him or whatever, I got the whole package, and I had that all set. Then I went out and followed the direct the uh, uh, detective out. We went out to this guy's ranch, um, and this guy had one of these little four-wheelers that runs around. We got in it and started going all these different places where the mutilations were, and that's when I put all the flags up. I had everything all set up for them when they got here that night. And uh, The next morning, we got there real early. We were there for two days, and uh, they were trying to figure out any tracks, none. Any Any human tracks, none. Um, couldn't figure out how these are being done, and and why they're doing them. And they figured it might have been a cult. No, a cult does not do that. They will take one one sheep and, and take off with it, mm-hmm. and that that is their sacrificial. Uh, predators? No, predators don't know how to sur- do how to, how to do surgery. Yeah. Um, these are so precise cuts and everything that are just perfect. And uh, besides that, predators would grab it around the neck and and bite into it that kills it instantly and drag it to wherever their their family is and let everybody eat. Um, Or if they're by themselves, they'll drag it off and take what they want and leave the rest. But um, it it was really interesting of of what took place. And this is my second um, mutilation. The first one was up in Colorado, northeast. But it was a horse up there. But this this one here was was different. I mean, it, because it was sheep, and this guy has seven goats there. Mm-hmm. Three of them were white goats, little small white goats, with little yearlings. Well, my young tongue got twisted, yearlings. And then you had um, four uh, grown-ups, and uh, they weren't touched. Just the Barbado sheep. And every time he had one, had, every time they lost them. He would go buy five more, four female and one male, and within within two weeks they're gone. And this all this all started around April of last year, up until October of last year.
3: Fascinating. Any witnesses? Any physical evidence? Uh, any physical traces?
2: Uh. Not that I can, not that that I saw. Uh, I mean, I went through that whole area at least two or three times, checking everything. I even took, uh, I even had my own video and, and took video of and pictures of all the area. Then, and I didn't see any any places to where anybody climbed over the fence because you have two fences, one that's keeping the house. And uh, away from everything, mm-hmm. then you have another one about thirty feet away. It goes all the way across, and there's two. And there's two gates. And once you go through the second gate, you have a huge, huge area. I mean, it's quite a few acres. But it's barbed wire on both sides all the way down to the to the river, and all the way on the, across the, the back where the river is. And if you walk up to the fence. Back by the river, mm-hmm. it's a f- it's a four four and a half foot drop, straight down. Um, so you know nobody could really come up there and climb up on that, right. even if they had a boat, you know, and 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 somehow got anchored right there and try to f- climb up. You'd still be seeing stuff maybe falling or or some kind of uh, clothes being plicked off with a barbed wire or something. I don't know. So but it was quite interesting,
3: but where the where the animal was uh were there any footprints were there any no. l- impressions nothing
2: no no footprints uh no paw prints of any kind that i saw the uh morning that we got there was the freshest one uh he had three that were left mm-hmm. uh two females and a male and the one uh female was still laying there the male and female were both gone, disappeared, just like in thin air. And uh, by the time, of course, we got everything to check out over there that morning, uh, I got there about 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and already vultures were already picking at it. And uh, I I asked him, I says, would you mind covering that up for me? Sure. So he went ahead and covered it up so that nothing else can get to it right away. And, uh, but it's, it's just... I don't know, I just uh, it was kind of that's that's something hmm. that really bo- bothers me, you know, how they how they do things. Right. As far as uh maybe nobody saw anything at night, nobody saw any craft, nobody saw anything coming in or uh or heard anything because there's it's desolate out there. So it's it's kind of hard to see the your, your nearest house is about four blocks away, five blocks away. And uh Who knows?
3: Did anybody report strange lights in the sky, any electrical interference, uh, strange behavior of pets,
2: nothing? Nothing. Um, I talked to the sheriff's office. I talked to the police department in Puerto Vallarta uh, about anybody, any Mm call-ins of any kind of craft in the sky, unknowns or anything like this. Uh, The nearest uh, Air Force base is up... uh, from there, would be actually the naval naval air station is down there around uh, uh, Corpus Christi. Yeah. Then you have then you have the air force base up there at San San uh, San Antonio. So. I checked with all of those. And nothing. Nobody n- n- Nobody had any, any radar hits. Nobody had nothing. Wow, well, Chuck, stand um, by.
3: We've got to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exo Nation, Chuck Stansberg is our special guest this hour. State Section 12 Director for MUFON, Texas. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. Please visit www.stopebolapetition.com. Go there, sign your name. Everybody who signs sends a uh, a petition to the Prime Minister of Canada, Stephen Harper, to the Minister of Public Safety here in Canada, Stephen Blaney, of Parliament. I don't care if you're in China. I don't care if you're in Taiwan. I don't care if you're in Malaysia. I don't care if you're in Australia. I don't care if you're in Russia or any other place where this show is broadcast worldwide. Let's make a difference, Exxon Nation. If you would like us to help you set up one for your country, get a hold of me. Send me an email, exxon at exxoneradiotv.com. We would be more than happy to help Any of our members of the Exxon Nation do whatever we can because I believe that if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. And in today's society, we don't need problems. We need solutions. My guest this hour is Chuck Stansberg. He is the State Section 12 Director for MUFON, Texas. For more information on MUFON, .mufon www.mufon.com. And you can uh, check out Chuck's website at www.meetup.com forward slash Houston forward slash move on forward slash meetup. I'm sorry. No, it's forward slash Houston dash MUFON dash meetup dash group. I'm going to do that one more time. www.meetup.com forward slash Houston dash MUFON dash meetup dash group. Sorry about that, Chuck. No problem. All right, buddy. Um, how many How many members are there in your in your uh, section? Section, yeah.
2: Around thirty-one. My goodness, including myself. Um, the state of Texas has got quite a few members, mm-hmm. uh, and and my my section basically is the largest one, I think, uh, as far as membership. Um, sometimes uh, when I when I do my cases and I talk to the people about their sightings and stuff, um, at, at the end of the interview we get to talking different things, and I'll kind of say something about MUFON, you know, and what what you can get and do this and do that, and and uh, some of them have joined MUFON. Really? That way, yeah. Um, I've gotten a few of them that way. Sometimes I'm also a field investigator, of course, state right. Ex director. Uh, I'm with the STAR team. Now, what is the a STAR, STAR team member? The STAR team is a strategic group that, say, uh, for instance, down here around, uh, let's say, uh, pretty close to, to Galveston, there's mm-hmm. a pretty good area that there's nothing there on the west side. Say somebody sees a landing uh, a craft landing, uh, then they call us or they call the PD or something like that. And they give us a buzz, say, Hey, we got this going on. We have, I have a bag right here in front of me or well, behind my desk. Uh, it's full of everything. All I got to do is grab it, put my clothes on. Whew, I'm gone. Uh, we set up there. And we hope to see it as it's landing or landed or taking off one, of one of the three. Um, and we got to make sure about the uh, radiation, you know, and this kind of stuff. We have uh, different things that we have to use uh, mark off uh, the area, uh, walk so far, and check our radiation. And then if it gets a little bit too high, then we have to stop, mark it that we can't go any further than that. Um, if it's not very much at all, and we can get in towards the middle of the uh, uh, landing per se, mm-hmm. uh, we take see what's there. We start marking things off, how wide it is. I mean, there's so much that we have to do right away to get things set up, um, and uh, take a look, see. Hopefully, sometimes uh, you know we would like to. If somebody hollers at us and says, "Hey, we got a landing right here," and you know we get there and it's still there, that would be nice. Um, but you, you just never know. And we also do a lot of, uh, well, sort of anyway, we do a lot of the abduction cases, the STAR team does. Um, most of uh, the abduction case, well, a lot of the abduction cases we've had here in Texas over the last three and a half, four years, uh, I've gotten. And uh, I've done a, quite a few of those, and quite interesting. and. uh but it's, 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 a, it's a team that, that to me, I mm-hmm. think is one of the best that we have. And uh, we also have international-type stuff that we take care of. As a matter of fact, we use, the, the star team now is international. And uh, instead of just U.S., it's international. And I, get, I have been getting cases from around the world. I've done one in in uh, Guam, Serbia. Uh, let's see, U.S. Uh, Virgin Islands, England. A lot of them in Canada. Um, I'm also appointed the interim state director of Idaho. Wow! Until they can get somebody that'll take off, take the uh, position of of state director.
3: How would you conduct an investigation where you can't actually go there and? Do the investigation in person, for example. How well, do you collect the evidence? How do you get the uh, the photographs? How do you,
2: how do what you? What happens? What happens you, there? I know what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, what happens there is a lot of people when they take photographs and stuff, they will upload them in the report. Mm-hmm. If they can't do it or they don't know how to do it, then when I have when I have the case itself, usually I either talk with them on Skype. I see. Um, and or, on the phone. Either way. And uh, once I get all the information and everything, and I say, okay, I notice you have pictures, but you didn't send them in. To, well, I couldn't get them up there. I don't know how to do that. that's well, just put them on my email. I'll make sure they get up there. Okay. So that's how I get a lot of the photos. And I analyze them mm-hmm. to see if they're real or, or not. And then I'll upload them. And uh, I color code them. I uh, do the embossing on them uh, as the couple of programs I have, I can work with something that see how they're if they're real or not. And uh, I've got one gentleman that used to be a member down here that lives in Chicago now. His wife was ordered by the company to go to Chicago because she was promoted, I guess. Anyway, he's a uh, photographer, and uh, he went to college for four years. To take photography and how to do everything, he can take. He can take a photo and just tear it apart. And I send him some of that stuff right away, and he'll call me back real quick and say, "Hey, this is real, buddy," or "Oh hell, yeah, he's this is this is fake," <laughs> Yeah, that kind of stuff. But it's it's really quite interesting what you find out from people, the the different types of craft they see, what takes place, um, how excited they are at times. Uh, one lady up in Idaho, she just, she was so excited that I had called her and she just wanted to talk so much about what she saw. And she, she started getting a little paranoid, like, are they going to hurt me? Are they going to take me somewhere? I says, no, ma'am, they're not going to bother you. Hmm. As if they wanted to bother you, they would have done it. But other than that, as all you're doing is looking at one and it stays there for a while. It takes off. and You know, you just never know. If one comes close enough, you might wave at them. <laughs> Say hi, you know. Um, there's one uh, a gentleman that gave me a, a, a call about some, some men that were hunting in, in Idaho bear hunting. And when they came back from bear hunting by the camper, there was in a pickup. They got out. They went inside the camper. One of them came back out. He went to get the food out of the truck, and he felt heaviness, like it was hard to breathe or or something Mm -hmm. leaning on him, you might say. Right. And he took his flashlight and looked in the forest a little bit, and he pointed it up, and he goes, oh, my goodness. And he says, guys, get out here and look at this. Because as soon as that flashlight hit that object, the three lights came on on the on the corners. It was a triangle. Wow! And a big round one uh, was like a ruby red color on the very center came on, and then the craft started going up. He said it was no more than three to four hundred feet above them, and they they all stood there and watched it going towards the south, uh, east, southeast, uh, and very slowly. And went up over the top of another mountain and disappeared. And uh, I asked him. Uh, I even asked him if he had any experience as far as maybe lost time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he said, "No, no." He's. I called the guys out. and He said, "We just watched it, <laughs> and it just took off." And I said, "Wow, that you know that's some experience."
3: Sure is. T- tell me, tell me, Chuck. In all the years that you've been investigating UFOs, what? What type of physical evidence have you been able to collect?
2: Well, physical evidence? Yeah. Really, we haven't, I haven't anyway, had any real physical evidence. Mm-hmm. The only evidence I have is either seeing one in my right. own eyes or photos from people that have been taking them. Um, the mutilation down there uh, in Port Lavaca, the only Real evidence we have there. um, Well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say this. I don't care what anybody says. The photos that were taken by the sheriff's office. I started going through them to see what, if there's anything there, to, to see what I could find. Right. And one photo. In mind, took. I mean, when I first opened it up, I went. Oh, my goodness. And the day before or that night, I should say the night before that morning, that night, there was a big huge thunderstorm, okay And then it was sunny the next morning. Well, that's when he found the female sheep that had been mutilated. and um, the sheriff's office came right there right away. They took some photos. And when they took a photo of this one, I could see the belly laying out, you know, and this and all that, just like it had it. And uh, the track of the four-wheeler stopped hmm. because I looked in the, I, I looked up towards the set top of the photograph, and where the where the uh, uh, tracks were, yeah. it just stopped. And I went. I looked again and I was, oh my goodness, there was a big circle, counterclockwise, the weeds laying down. And it was huge and it was a nice, nice little area. And there were a few other things that I happened to see as I enhanced it. And I went, no, you got to be kidding me. These guys had no idea, the sheriff's deputies had no idea what was there that was watching them hmm. do their job. Um, there was, looked like one that was kneeling down or or down on one knee, uh, like up against by, next to a tree. Right behind those two little trees, there was another one standing there and one off to their left. And on the right side, there's two little small trees that, are, that go up a little bit. And there is a, um, I don't know what you wanna call it. <laughs> Looks like a distortion of sense in that one little spot, like a doorway. And the only thing that I could came up with, I came up with along with a couple other people that I know about, knows this stuff, kind of stuff, we talked about it. I showed him the photo. We talked about it again. And what we're thinking is that was either a doorway into the ship that was still there mm-hmm. or it was a doorway going to the ship that is up above. And that's the only thing we could think of. And it was, I mean, I just, I, I keep thinking about this sometimes. And every once in a while I'll get my, I'll get my DVD out and I'll take a look at the, that photo. And it just amazes me. And all the other photos, there's nothing like that in there, but just that one.
3: Son of a gun. So how do you explain something like that?
2: It's pretty hard to explain, especially when the PD, the sheriff's office, and everybody around here are saying, oh, we think it's just predators. You know, it's only predators. You know, that's what's that's what this whole thing is. There's predators. They tried to uh, say it was a cult. no uh there's no such things around there uh they tried to say it was predators but as i said before predators either take it with them or devour what they can and leave the rest uh they don't have the surgery knowledge
3: now did uh, Uh, did a veterinarian or somebody from uh, the park service take a look at the cadaver of the animal and what were their comments
2: their comments. Well, the one that we, the one that we had, because the vultures have already got to it. Um, they took it to to one of them, and they didn't want it, They didn't want anything to do with it. But the one in the picture, mm-hmm. uh, he went ahead and took the, the the owner took that one to the veterans, to the veterinarians, and asked them to find out what's going on here and what made these cuts and stuff. You know what they told him? No. We don't want it. Get it out of here. So they don't, to me, that means they know what's going on, but they don't want to get involved.
3: Chuck, stand by. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. Fascinating story. Chuck Stansberg is our special guest this hour. He's the State Section 12 Director for MUFON in Texas. www.meetup.com forward slash Houston dash MUFON dash meetup. Group, And if you'd like more information on MUFON, their main website is www.mufon.com. Chuck and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. ExoNation, uh, Chuck Stensberg is our guest this hour, State Section 12 Director for MUFON in Texas. Once again, the website for MUFON is MUFON.com. And if you'd like to contact Chuck, www.meetup.com forward slash Houston dash MUFON dash meetup dash group. First of all, Chuck, thanks so much for joining us tonight here on the Exxon. I have thoroughly enjoyed uh, your uh, your visit with us. But I, as I was telling you during the commercial break, I can't understand the lack of enthusiasm or the lack of interest when it comes to certain officials, and in this case where the veterinarians or even the, the uh, U.S. Forest Service or the game wardens didn't want to do anything about it. You'd think by now that... That somebody would want to do something. After all, this is the the death of a of an animal. It's property. Uh, you know, is this all part of a cover up?
2: I I don't know if it's a cover up or how they want to if, if you want to call it that. It probably is by them. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, I I really can't say on that part because someone might come back to me and say, "Hey, we aren't covering nothing up." Well, you know, if you're gonna if you're not gonna talk about it or try to do the exercise of getting involved mm-hmm. on this whole thing, then what would you call it um, other than just paying no money? Never mind, yeah. period. You know, that? I mean, that's, some people are like that, I guess. Um, there's, there's been some experiences going on from other people. Uh, I, I, I love listening to a lot of them. I've had my own experiences as well. Um, uh, a, a young lady that, uh, lives not too far away in another state, but her and her group, uh, she used to be a MUFON, but her and her group went out to a, a, uh, case and uh, literally ran into an ET. Hmm. Uh, the craft went over the top of them, a triangle shape, and it, it disappeared over the, over the trees. And everything kind of started getting heavy. They said so they got scared and started running them off. The the owner of the property had a flashlight. He stopped suddenly. She bam. She ran right into him. And he said, what's going on? And he had a flashlight. He put that flashlight right on that ET little, probably about two and a half, three, about three and a half foot. And uh, they just ah phew, all took off real quick. Jumped in the truck and took off. It just scared them to death. I guess. Uh, But I would have said, hi, how are you doing?
3: (laughs) Tell tell me, have you yourself ever been abducted?
2: I wouldn't say abducted, Mm -hmm. but I did volunteer. You did? Um, Yes. Uh, I might have been taken when I was younger um, because I did have a regression done by a very good friend of mine. He was a professor in in, uh, Laramie, Wyoming, at the university there because I would give him uh, cases I would give him cases of abduction, people that that mm-hmm. he would he would go there and they would go there and talk to him, uh, but he came by the house one day and he says, uh, "Lay down, you know." So he went ahead and put me under, mm. and when I woke up, all I could remember was coming. I, I know I left the, the party that we were up in the mountains. A bunch of us guys were guys and gals. We you know we were seniors, and. uh we were over by Echo Lake, and I was coming back down. I had just left maybe forty, about maybe. Chuck, we're going minutes. to
3: have to we're going to have to speed this up. I've got about thirty seconds left.
2: Okay. Anyway, to to finish that up, I saw this big old bright thing, and just it just like brightened up, gone. Wow. And that was my first, I think, abduction. But after that, I volunteered last year.
3: All right, Chuck, we're going to have to have you back on to discuss this further. Exxon Nation, Chuck Stansberg, has been my guest this hour. Chuck, take care of yourself. Thanks for joining us. And um, I'll be back on the other side of this news break at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away.
1: Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out.